Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. First touchdown of the year. Bobby Hurricane, yeah. You know the name already. It's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz, Blue, Vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. We'll pull alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange and green. We see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of Hurricane. That's never still put a damage in the squad. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. I, I really can't get over that last part. I love that last part. <laughs> that was spontaneous, too. I love yeah, the setup. It was perfect. It was I, was, perfect. I was annoyed. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Six Rings Canes pregame show today as the Miami Hurricanes are set to face uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies in about an hour or so, right? Yeah, 12.30 tip-off um, on, by the way, for anybody that's in ACC territory, as Vish mentioned on Twitter as well, this is probably going to be a, a local thing, so maybe check Bally's. Uh, I know that's where we'll be watching it on the Bally's Sports Network. Uh, so make sure if you guys don't know yet, that's the um, that's the news coming out when it comes to um, – yeah, the, know, the, the way it. it works is they designate Valley. There's like some weird TV contract when you get down to these. We've lost to Middle Tennessee games. Yeah. <laughs> so we get put on to these types of things. But basically, Valley's has like a secondary contract or that network. So right. only for ACC states. So if you're not in what they call an ACC state, it's just on the ESPN app, like normal ESPN streaming stuff. So but weird. if you're in an ACC state, they black it out because Valley's owns the rights. So it won't work on your ESPN app, and you have to find it on whatever local channel or whatever streaming they offer. So right. it's the very home shopping network, whatever it's. On. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, up here, so where I am, I don't know why I'm considered ACC territory because Maryland left the lawns. I guess Virginia is here. I'm like right in between Maryland and Virginia. But, right. Yeah. But they put it on some random channel that just shows Orioles games. <laughs> on valleys, so, on valleys, right? I don't have valleys because valleys oh. doesn't extend this far, but it's like Masson or whatever. That's wild. Know. That's so crazy. <laughs> so it's a pain to find these games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyways, um, listen, this is uh, this is uh, it's it's an important game for the Miami Hurricanes, obviously, as we all know. Uh, we've got some news to go, to go over in just a second, but um, look, it's not a very good Virginia Tech football team. However, it's Virginia Tech, and you know that they're one of our rivals. So I think the my you know the Canes are going to have to come out ready to play, especially in Blacksburg, even though it's not a night game in Blacksburg with Enter Sandman, but it's still Blacksburg. It's still Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech. Um, however, they've been struggling this year, record of two and four, uh, just just like us, right? <laughs> we're, we're two and three as well. So this is definitely a must-win game for the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, I want to get you all's take on just kind of like the state of things right now with the Hurricanes, how important this game is, and what they can expect to kind of face when they go into Blacksburg today to face uh, the Hokies. We'll start with you, Blue. I think coming off a game that uh, kind of was a character test, 
against, and I'll maintain, I think uh, North Carolina is one of the best teams in the ACC, probably one of the best offenses in the country. And I think Miami showed, and especially in the second half and down the stretch, that, uh, you know, this team's responding to the coaching. I mean, you are what you are as far as talent and your depth, but I think this is where the coaching's taken over. And um, I was impressed at how uh, Miami stayed the course last week that game could have unraveled you know as well as i do that game could have really got ugly uh but uh the kids that um i think the coaching the preparation um it was impressive uh you know to, to down to the end still disappointing with a loss but you know what i think you look back and two years at, at the, all these games this year and you go, wow, there were some growing pains then. And that's what's happening. And as far as Blacksburg, you're hundred percent right. I've been there before. It's not an easy place to play. Uh, like you said, thank goodness it's not seven 30 and Andrew Sandman and the hot and the hallways are bustling, you know, as they're coming, making their way over, you know, a quarter of a mile under the tunnels and, um, uh, but you know what? They're they're a different type of team. They're in a transition, but they still have dudes. You know, I mean, they still have uh, Malachi comes back at running back. It looked like a whole different uh, kind of offense, uh, and it's a sellout. It's homecoming. It's a sellout. A lot of their alumni, you know, they're they're feeling the same way that Miami alumni feel. You know, we got to turn this thing around. We can't, you know, we can't fool around. Let's a win over Miami and at least. You know, we salvaged the first part of the season. Their Achilles, they where Miami lost to Middle Tennessee State, they lost to Old Dominion, probably which is worse because it's right there. You know, I mean, it's uh, not far from where they're at, and um, and uh, I'm sure they heard it. But you know, just like when Miami lost to FIU, you kind of uh, hear a lot more. But uh, you know, I mean, they're going like I said. I mean, is this the same type of Virginia Tech that Miami used to go into and? really be up against it um no uh but like i said they still have kids that they you know they have like two three high four stars that they recruited in the past that are still with the program that justin fuente had so uh, a dangerous game for miami and they still got to come out as you and i say jazz you know i mean mario cristobal can't be the only one that's fired up you know everybody else has got to come out of that because you know as well as I do, he'll be fired up for every darn game. And it's it's almost not fair for your coach to be bouncing off the walls while you guys are just like ho-hum. So I hope they come out and, uh, and you know, use that adversity as far as the crowd uh, to their advantage. You know, Vish, before I get to you on this, I think, Blue, you brought up a great point that I think the, the normal, the average crazy Miami hurricane fan uh that's a little bit more <laughs> irrational than than some of us will see that game last week and say you know we weren't coached well we weren't ready to play we you know we screwed up so much we made these mental errors and then you kind of have to bring it back in right kind of take a step back and look and say hold on a second like that's not knee jerk you 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 hit it right on the head if you ask me right like these these guys the kids that are out there are playing hard right it's not you know there's there's We've noticed that sometimes there's certain players that take a playoff or that don't have that effort and intensity. And you're going to start to see that Mario is not going to play those games. and He's not going to put those guys out on the field much, right? So you're starting to see that already because we noticed that last game. But um, 
you're starting to see some of the players that are trying to, you know, fit this culture and kind of get in line, starting to make those players, starting to be the type of players that Mario wants. Uh, and you saw it in their fight. You saw it in the way that they played last week. Can they bring it over to this week and get the W? This, I think it's important to kind of highlight that because, you know, a lot of people are down thinking that this team, they're, they're, there's no effort, there's no intensity. When it's the absolute, diff, you know, it's, it's the opposite of that. We just sometimes we don't have the dudes, and in some places we do. Yeah, and I think that was a fair criticism against Middle Tennessee. I don't think we were prepared to play that game. I don't think we had the energy, and I think if you lobbed it at that game, right. I think that's fair. As Blue said, like, we were on the brink of getting blown off the field last week, and those kids fought back. And, you know, break here or there, or, you know, one more play, and you win that game. I will say the one thing, though, we've seen this before. You can only lose so many times before just the air goes out. So they need to win this game. Um, it's a winnable game. And and if and once they start winning, you know, this then the effort pays off with the win. Then you can string some things together because there is a good team in here. And they're playing hard. It's just, just mistakes and one problem here or there. These are all very close games. I mean, and that's it. As, the, as you said, as the, as the fans lose their mind, start screaming, and then they're, they're like, "Yeah, remember that one play?" I'm like, "If you're in that situation, we're close, right?" right? I mean, if you're like saying, "Oh, if we could have made that one play, or they screwed up that one player, Gaddis made that one call I don't like," that means yeah. you're actually close to being good. Um, so there is a good team in here. The one thing I think is really important today, we got to start faster. We got to get up early because we have not, here's a stat for you, we have not had the lead since Southern Miss. We've just been playing from behind all the time. Even as we're dominating the game against Texas A&M, we're playing from behind anyway. So and That's always tough. That's tough Yeah, to it's do, just, and, and, and then that ramps up the pressure. Some of these drops, it's like they're, you start pressing. So you're like, I got to get us back in the lead, I, especially when you're out playing the other team. Because you're like, we're playing well and we're losing, and it does ramp up that pressure. Like, Middle Tennessee was different. We were not playing well. But when you're playing well and the score doesn't reflect it, the pressure goes way up. Because you're like, we're already playing well. Because if you're playing bad and you fall behind, you're like, all right, we got to play better. Right. But if you're playing well and the score isn't reflecting it, it really does make it a lot more pressure. Um, and and we've just been playing behind every single game. It puts pressure on those long drives because you've got this pressure. Now we got to finish this because we're behind. So, yeah, starting fast, score early, get up, and then I think we'll see this game out pretty easily, frankly. Virginia Tech is not good this year. Um, but if they get up, that they're like like Blue sets, homecoming, sellout, they do have some dudes. So it's not going to be easy in that sense. So if we don't get up early, if we fall behind and try to chase the game again, it's going to become very difficult. we got to get the lead early, and then we should be able to control the game from there. They're very bad against the run. Um, I know we've struggled the last couple of weeks. We were able to run on AM, who's another team that's bad against the run. So I think we can actually run the ball in this game. Yeah. And if you play with the lead, all of a sudden those long, slow drives everyone's complaining about are actually keeping the other team out of the game. You know, it, it flips on its head completely. When you're down a touchdown and you're going on a seven-minute drive, it's like, we got to score. But when you're <laughs> up a touchdown, it's like, wow, we're taking away an opportunity for them to get back in the game. So. Right. You know, it all playing with the lead will be, make a huge difference today. So I, I just got to start fast, get out in front, and then I think we'll be fine. Well, Blue, he, uh, Vish mentioned something really, you know, it's a good point that he said because you, you, you will see a different team when, when they're out, 
with the lead, right? Potentially you can see them do some different things on offense and on defense that'll say, wow, this is a team that we want to see kind of light up the scoreboard or, you know, put some, pin their ears back and go after the guy, you know, the quarterback a little bit more because this team, you know, we've said it before, right? They don't know how to win yet. So how important is it going to be for, and I know it sounds really cliche to say that, but it's the truth, right? Like you don't, you haven't seen them play with the lead yet since uh, Southern Miss. And those are, you know, again, I know those are not the, you know, the best teams, but Middle Tennessee kicked their ass. But the point is that how important for this team to get out in front, take a lead, and dominate the game from the beginning, right, with the lead as opposed to from behind, will kind of change the mentality and, and, and just moving forward how this team reacts to adversity, don't you think? Yeah, well, I agree with this. You can't be chasing points, especially right. on the road. You know, I mean, uh, they got to put drives together. They got to put touchdowns together. I mean, they've got to take control from the beginning. They've got to let Virginia Tech know that we're not going to give you an opportunity because you know, and then Vish just said it. I mean, you know, I mean, if if all of a sudden it's they, uh, Virginia Tech gets a 7 nothing or 10 nothing lead, that crowd's going to be relentless, and Miami's going to have to, again, uh, go uphill, but this time it'll be on the road, at least last week after the Boo Birds hit and, you know, that they didn't play very well, and then all of a sudden things started turning around because you had – there was that energy, and that's the key. People – you know, I, I was talking um, at a high school game uh, last night with somebody, and we were talking – uh, how a team came out with energy, you know, and they took a seven nothing lead. I mean, they didn't keep it, but the whole thing is, is they went out, took that seven nothing lead, and played the team who was a a, a bigger favorite uh, to a seven six first quarter lead, and that's what Miami needs to do. They need to establish themselves, like you said, they can run the ball. They showed they could pass, and uh, even though that North Carolina's defense might not be the best in the the world, that team is really good. You know, I look back at North Carolina, and they're going to win 9-10 games. So it's Miami knows they can play with the best. Um, uh, You know, I mean, and and, uh, that's the key. You can't, but you have to come out and, you know, make this, I think, every game. It has to be urgent now because you're already you have one foot in the hole. Uh, you pretty much is you know to win, you know to get into the ACC title game. I mean you have to just win. You, out. win everything, you, really, you have to win out. I mean that's just the way it is. And if Miami has any hopes of doing that, I mean I don't know. I mean being honest, I mean we'll sit here and maybe another year or two, and I'll say, well Miami's got this and that, but. Being honest, I don't know if they have the talent to win out. Uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be games there that are going to be pretty tough for them. Florida State's good, not going to lay come in and lay down. Um, but today's essential because this is a team that, you know, like next week against Duke, that they should beat. You know, and 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 um, I don't care if it's on the road. I look at I look at some of these teams like Alabama. They go on the road against these teams that they're supposed to beat, and they win forty two to six. You know, and that's what Miami needs to do. I'm not saying they're going to win 42-6, but they've got to come out there and assert themselves and uh, say, hey, you know, we're the better product and utilize all those offensive weapons and utilize those big play guys on defense. And, you know, I, I, I looked at the stats. I watched um, I watched uh, uh, Coach Cristobal's press conference, the post-press conference, uh, I think, Tuesday. And the one thing that he talked about is he said, you know, he says, we don't, 
bother what people are saying. We know who the playmakers are. And as much as all these fans, you know, and the, you know, I heard somebody at the game last week sitting there cutting down Corey Flagg. Oh, he's Corey Flagg leads the team in tackles by 26, you know? So, I mean, if you're going to knock him, you might as well knock everybody else. But that's a guy, guys like that, guy like Cam Kenshins, who are making plays on the defensive side. I'm not worried about offense. I think the offense will click because now that they, as, as you guys alluded to, um, on our show earlier the week that now they're starting to use guys like Jaleel Skinner and young and people who are making an impact in, 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 uh, in practice. So I'm not worried because those guys are hungry and they, they want to make, they want to get on the field and, you know, like, I'm not saying they're going to be able to tie. Uh, uh, What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get Will Mallory back in that. Because that's the weird thing about Miami over the last couple of years. You have a good, They'll target somebody seven, eight times in one game and not go to them the next. You know, I mean, that's been, that inconsistency kills me. But, you know, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not an offensive coordinator, uh, but I would like to see them get Will Mallory involved again because what he does is he opens up so many avenues for you because, like I said, it, it, and I've seen it before, they going into last week's game, North Carolina did not respect uh, Miami's ability to throw the ball, especially upfield. So they crowded the box. They had eight guys, and I was pointing it out. When they snapped the ball, they had nine guys in a box, and – if, if Virginia Tech does that in Miami and, and all of a sudden Van Dyke starts finding the Mallory's and, you know, their short passing game, Miami will murder them because they're going to be falling into a pit that they think. And I'm sure they watched the film against North Carolina and said, well, wait a minute. We're not going to be able to put nine guys in a box because then he'll kill us. You know, he's a great quarterback. He's smart. As long as kids are catching the ball. And like I said, Mallory could be one of those eight catches for 95 or 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So, yeah, I I think, to be honest with you, I think Miami in, in, in agreement, and I went, over, went around it in a long way, but um, Miami needs to come out and, and 
with just a sense of urgency. I think their defense will be fine. It's just their offense sometimes is so erratic. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, speaking of playmakers and speaking of the offense, um, we've got to mention it. It looks like uh, Michael Redding may be out for this game. He was not dressed in warmups. Um, so, you know, tech, we're down a playmaker. But right now, as you mentioned, Blue, TBD spending spreading the football around a lot. Primarily a lot to his tight end, right? To Will Mallory. You saw it last week. And we saw, you know, who, you know, him him hitting Frank Ladson and Brashard Smith and uh, you know, Kobe Young at the end of the game. So, you know, some more guys, as you mentioned again, are also starting to step up. So it's gonna be important for TVD to continue to stay hot, um, for for this office to, you know, continue firing um you know, firing the football and, and throwing the ball around. But I think Vish, what you mentioned is getting the, you know, getting the, um, the running game going again. Um, this offense again, in the red zone, let me just add the red zone offense sucks. I mean, yeah, they, the re- they, yeah it's I still mean, terrible, but because uh, remember I told you last week, I keep harping on it. It's great to use rooster and, and, um, and what's the name? Uh, I can't even think it's off my head. Uh, um, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, in between the twenties, it's fine, you know. But when you get in that twenty, if you don't use Thad Franklin, you're doing that offense a great injustice because he's a big guy and yeah. he puts pounding in. Parish is right. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. it's it's early in the morning. But um, <laughs> um, but 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 to me, when you get somebody like a a, a Thad Franklin, six two, two hundred forty. 35 pounds down near the uh, inside the 20. How come you're not using him more? I mean, that guy to me, you know, if he was like at a Wisconsin, he'd be running 27 times for 190 yards every game yeah. because he's that type of back. He's not going to break a lot of runs, but he'll get you 15 and 20 yards and he'll wear down defenses. So I don't know what the phobia is uh, with that offense, you know, with, with Gaddis or, or Kevin Smith of, of using him. And I understand that maybe he's not the greatest practice player in the world, but you know what? Let's go around the country. There's a lot of dudes that probably don't practice well, but they show up on on Saturday. So if he's the one guy that, you know, you're having a little bit of problem with focusing during the week, you got to suck it up because he's the valuable guy when you get inside that 20. Because more times than not, he's going to gain you three, four yards, and that's going to add up to a touchdown or a first down. And, yeah, so that that's my pet peeve, and it's, it has been. You know, first it was Mallory, but then they started appeasing me, and then Mallory was dropping balls. So I couldn't bring that up anymore. But, yeah, I'd like to see a lot more of Thad Franklin, especially because the, the red zone has been so non-existent sometimes. Uh, Vish. Your take yeah. on this offense, what they need to do in the red zone, and, and just overall. Honestly, like I'm not as worried about it. I, I, and like everyone else, you know, we could try different personnel, different play calling. But to me, you know, things average out. Eventually, you can't keep moving the ball as much as we are and not scoring more points. So something's going to balance out. Either we're going to move it less, or we're going to score more. And also, some of it, you know, it's it's a combination of things. Some of it's bad luck, bad execution, like. No one misses a tackle against us down there. We miss plenty of tackles. Like, how many touchdowns have we given up where we had the guy and he stretched it out? And so, you know, sometimes the other team has to cooperate a little bit too. I mean, the North Carolina game, if they miss one of those tackles, we get a touchdown. We're not arguing about this. And they didn't. They didn't miss a tackle that whole game from what I saw. So fair play to them. As Blue said, they're a really good team. They're well coached. But also, sometimes you score in the red zone because the other team makes a mistake. You know, linebacker fills the wrong hole. You walk into the end zone. Like, we just haven't 
it's been a combination of a lot of things. We got a field goal block down there against AM. It's it's it just hasn't clicked. We've dropped passes. It's all just eventually it'll even out. So I'm less worried about that. Like you can't continue to move the ball as much as we are and then not score. So and I'm more confident of the scores happening than the yardage going away, to be honest, because I think we're largely a good offense that's able to do a lot of things well and move the ball. So I'm not really worried about it. I think I'm hoping this is the week that the kind of the, the 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 thing caves in and we finally start scoring touchdowns. <laughs> I think they'll put it together. I think they'll put it together and, and they'll, they'll they'll definitely score some points in the red zone. We saw one really good drive on that slant slant route with Keyshawn uh, in the I mean literally right in the red zone, right? Because they were at the twenty when he scored that 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 touchdown. But uh, we definitely need to see some more. Yeah, I think when uh, we use red zone, we kind of mean like inside the ten, like we inside had, the ten, right? Yeah, but right. even so, against. Two twice against Middle Tennessee, one with TBD and one with Garcia quarterback, and then once against North Carolina, we started first and go inside the five and didn't right. score. Right, that is where and because we went for it on fourth down, obviously you could chip the field goal. And, and this is, by the way, this is not an excuse, right? Right. The red zone is obviously the hardest place to score. It's the most condensed area of the field. The play calling becomes a little different. It becomes harder to get those plays going. But at the end of the day, you still have to score. Right. But I, so I've been, that's why I wanted to make that distinction. Right. It's not like if you get first and goal on the 10, that's like a worst case. That's the hardest 10 yards to get in football. <laughs> right. We've been getting first and goal inside the five and not scoring. And that's yeah. why we're kind of harping on it. Like, honestly, if you get first and goal on the 10, you get seven yards and have to think we're going to go for a kick and field. That's different than first and goal on the three and we can't get three yards in four plays. Like, sure. that is. So, so I think if we can, you know, there's different – the red zone's technically, like you said, inside the 20. Right. We're not getting to the 20 and not scoring. We're getting inside the 5 and not scoring. I think that's where the frustration – because at that point, when it's first and goal on the 3, you expect a touchdown. Absolutely. And we're not getting those. And I think that's where the frustration's coming from. But I do think that'll even out and we'll start to punch those in. Let's turn it around to the defense. Um, uh, really quick, before we get out of here, we'll do defense and then uh, uh, keys to the game. But uh, the defense is going to uh, match up against – Listen, there's some there's some talented players in that Virginia Tech offense. Uh, you know, their quarterback is not, you know, is not a terrible guy. They've got a decent running back and a decent wide receiver. Um, if you see he if you see here, I mean they've got some they've got some dudes that can play a little bit. Okay. They've got uh, Grant Wells is their quarterback. You've got uh, Keyshawn King and um, Caleb Smith is probably their their big time playmaker on offense as well at, at wide receiver. So um, they like to spread it out a little bit. They like to throw the ball a little bit. They also like to run the ball. Okay, so they're they're pretty. I, I guess you can say a pretty a stable o- offense, right? They're, they they like to do both. Okay, um, you know, coach, what's his name? Pry is it or Fry? Yeah, you know, coach Pry uh, in his first season is struggling a little bit, but you know, he's got a lot of work to do over there. You know, it's hard to it's hard it's hard to follow up. I won't even mention Justin Puente, but it's hard to follow up with what Coach Beamer did there. Um, you know, totally dominating that DMV area really for for a long time um, with with getting some of the top players out there. So Virginia Tech's got it's got some rebuilding to do, as you mentioned earlier, Blue. Uh, but still, some pretty good players, as I mentioned, yeah. Grant Wells with 1,200 yards passing already, and Caleb Smith as well uh, um, catching the football. So what's this defense going to have to do? We'll kind of keep it short so we can um, do keys to the game and get on out of here because it's 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 coming up on 12 now, but. What are some of the uh, some of the things that this defense needs to do, Blue, um, to really neutralize that offense and and turn it around and give it back to the offense so we can keep scoring points? 
Well, obviously limit the big play, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to, I mean, they're going to move the ball and they're going to do what they do. I mean, it's not going to be like North Carolina where, you know, they can impose their will because they have a lot of kids that can do that. Um, The thing about Wells is he's got more interceptions than touchdowns, which means that a lot of times that he'll get rattled. I think Miami needs to show him a lot of different looks that maybe he didn't see on film. And Miami does. They have a little bit of different different defensive schemes. I'm sure that they'll come up with this and that. Uh, I think they're going to blitz him a little bit more. Um, certainly, I mean, when you take a look at, as you said, running the ball, they do run the ball pretty well. I mean, they, and, and now, I mean, but – their offensive line, which has been guys that, I mean, you, you follow Virginia Tech as long, you know, forever. And their offensive line has always been huge. It's yep. been key. Um, they've had all Americans. They have, uh, but they don't have that. And that's the thing. So that's where Miami's quickness up front. I think Leonard Taylor, players like that could have big games because I think that, you know, unlike North Carolina, which were pretty big at the tackles and then pretty agile with Corey Gaynor at the center spot, um, they don't have that. And I think that's the big difference. Uh, You know, I think that's a huge difference. I think Miami's going to win the line of scrimmage battle where they haven't, uh, you know, in a couple of games this year. So I think that's key. I, you know, limit them. To, you know, limit their big plays. Uh, you already know that if, if you've got if if they throw into the secondary, Miami's been pretty good. Ivy's come around. We know Cam Kitchens. I think he's developed into probably the best defensive player that they have. Um, you know, I mean, everybody kind of making excuses why you know a couple of people aren't playing. So I think those excuses are over. I this is yep. a lesser team uh, because certainly. They wouldn't be seven point favorites if 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 somebody said, "Well, Virginia Tech's just you know they're this close." Well, they you don't just get seven points on the road at homecoming in front of a uh, you know packed house because the other team is promising. <laughs> so yeah. they, sure. they've got an opportunity to, like you said, and like Vish said too, uh, uh, put the dagger in early and uh, you know race out to that big lead, hush that crowd down, and. Uh, and then build from that. But um, you can't let them stick around because even, you know, whoever, the worst of teams, if you give them an opportunity. And and you know one thing. Here's the thing. you got to be able to stand the onslaught of that energy that they're going to bring out. I mean, it's just – it's inevitable. They're coming out of that, that locker room. You know, they're going to have all their alumni there. They're going to have everybody there. And they're going to be sky high. But once that wears off, you are who you are. And uh, that's what Miami has to play on. Yep. Fair enough. Vish, your, your thoughts on, on what the offense – I mean, I'm sorry, what the defense needs to do. Yeah, and just to Blue's point, you can see they have not been – the reason we were favored by seven is they have not been competitive um, for most of these games. Like, they're not just two and two and four. They've been – you know, three of those are blowouts. Um, so – that, that's where the margin's coming from. So defensively, get off the field on third down. We were terrible at that last week. And then when yep. we stopped on third down, they converted fourths. And these were not, you know, short yardage. We gave up a lot of long yardage third and fourth downs. Like when you get to – you always talk about winning first down, getting the other team off schedule. We actually did that last week. And then they converted like third and eight, third and ten. They did. So get off the field on third down. Um, and then no coverage bus. We have given away easy touchdowns the last two games just with coverage bus. Play, playing strong defense. If you recall the, the the Middle Tennessee game, 
we came out and played really good defense in the, at the beginning of the game. And then the bus started happening. We just started giving up these chunk touchdowns and long plays because of coverage bus. So uh, Kevin still talked about that, said, you know, doesn't know, can't really explain why it's still happening, but working on addressing it. We'll see if they did. Because to me, that's where the, the bulk of the problem is really the chunk plays. We're going to have too many big plays. And most of the time it's because miscommunication in the secondary. And so those are solvable problems. If it was physical, it would be worse. Like we yeah. literally couldn't stick with their receivers and all, but it's generally receiver passes. I mean, the corner passes out to a safe that's not there. Yep. <laughs> Things like that. So those are clean upable. So let's, let's hope that happens. Um, and last but not least, uh, one key game. So uh, one key to the game, excuse me. Uh, we'll do three keys, obviously, but uh, one each. Uh, and we'll go back around the other way. So we'll start with you, Vish. What's your one key uh, to a victory now for the Hurricanes tonight? Today? No, no turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. Don't. That's a huge momentum thing. Blue mentioned the crowd. Even at 1230, it's going to be packed. It's homecoming. You know, you don't want to get rattled and start turning the ball over. So protect the ball. We had, obviously, a key fumble last week. And also, I mean, it was desperation time at that point. But it did end the game with an interception. So if you play clean, it, all these things, Blue talked about getting out early. All this to keep the crowd down, keep the momentum yeah. down, you know, and so protect the football. Speaking of momentum, my key to the game is pretty, it's no big plays on defense, right? Do not give up big plays on defense. You don't give up big plays on defense. The momentum does not shift to Virginia Tech. You kind of hold them down, um, and uh, you should be able to win this game. Blue, what's your key to the game? I mean, needs to control the tempo of the game. It's simple. I mean, they've got to do what they know how to do. They can't, they can't play to what Virginia Tech – I mean, because – all week long, they've practiced on, you know, what they've seen out of Virginia Tech in the first, what, six games. So I say control the ball, control the tempo, and then on defense, make the big plays. I mean, but I both of you guys came up with great points because that's all encompassing of, you know, how you, how you, you know, win. And obviously, when you make big plays, hopefully you're not going to make penalties because that could really hurt. Uh, the very fact that, I mean, you're coming up with making a big play and then all of all of a sudden way across the field, uh, something that doesn't even pertain to the play and you lose 15 yards because that takes the wind out of the sails really quick. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on, on the show, Vish and Blue. We'll have a post-game wrap-up as well with, uh, with DJ and the crew. Um, make sure you keep it locked here. Thanks for following us on the uh, Six Rings Canes pregame show. And we'll be back on after four post game. We'll see you guys soon. Go Canes. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. <laughs>